Hello and welcome to the Sovereign Collective Podcast, where we bring you real raw truth for your self-empowerment. I'm your host, Sasha Calavota, and I believe that you can stand on your own two feet, but that you don't have to do it alone. I love learning from people who continually strive to raise the bar, to go against mainstream thinking, and who dare to question the general consensus. People are risking ridiculed or even risk the loss of their professional status as they bravely question the common narratives and challenge the rest of us to expand our minds and to reconsider what we think we already know. Join me in learning how to take control of your health and your mind so that you can have the energy to think more clearly and the confidence to step up and take responsibility for all aspects of your life. We promise to never censor here because I believe you are strong enough to hear the real raw truth to make up your own mind. If you like what you find here at the Sovereign Collective Podcast, then please share with your friends and family. I so appreciate you. Thank you for tuning in. And now on to the show. Hi, y'all. This is Sasha here for two quick announcements before we get on to our interview for today. First of all, if you are looking for quality supplements, quality tonic herbs, some specialty food items, and you're in and around Calgary, then please go check out Lotus Herbal Health, a great family-run store that has two locations in Calgary. You can find them at lotusherbalhealth.ca to find out where their locations are, or you can shop online and they will pretty much deliver anywhere. So quality supplements, tonic herbs, great staff, check out lotusherbalhealth.ca. Secondly, I want to announce the relaunch of my program called Your Conscious Pregnancy and Parenting Guide, which consists of experts in their fields around the world on consciousness and parenting and education and nutrition and dentistry and homeopathy and more. This is a program I created after my son was born about 10 years ago, a little bit more than that. And I am now very concerned after the events of 2020 for our future generations. And I believe the time is now for conscious parenting and for conscious parents to rise up and take, to take back our pregnancies and our births and our parenting and the resilience of our children and of future generations. The time is now. We change the course of history by changing the course of our future generations. And we do that by consciously raising them, consciously birthing them, consciously conceiving them, feeding them good food, and taking back the responsibility of raising healthy, well-adjusted, robust people. Resilience. It's time to build resilience. So please go check out sovereigncollective.org forward slash get the guide, and you will be able to check out all of the amazing material in there. It's time for us to understand how our worldviews are formed, how our self-views are formed, and how to impact that and how that impacts the society on a whole. So check it out, sovereigncollective.org forward slash get the guide. And now on to the show. Hey all, Sasha here from another interview of Sovereign Collective Podcast. And as always, I am stoked to be interviewing my next new guest, Mitch, the Oregon donor, Oregon donor. I, of course, like many of my subjects i get the idea from alpha cast of course with bear lando and mike winner and uh mitch was on the podcast about a year ago and then much to my surprise a couple weeks ago just before getting this interview set up so i'm super stoked to have been able to hear another interview of mitch's around all of his activities and how busy he is and all the results that he is getting so let's learn about Mitch. Mitch is a self-proclaimed consciousness-driven science nerd, inspired and fascinated by the work of Wilhelm Reich, the man credited, and I will say persecuted for, uh, the discovery of the life force energy of the universe, which he termed orgone. 
Mitch is an Oregon gener energy researcher living in Sedona, Arizona, and he claims that deserts aren't natural. And if you've been following the, the weather in Arizona over the past couple of years, you'll find that it certainly appears that Mitch is proving this to be true. Monsoon season in Arizona. Have you heard about that lately? Well, apparently it keeps getting worse in the last couple of years or better, should I say better. So he travels around the desert gifting, gifting with the goal of stopping geoengineering, fixing the frequency fence and shutting down the climate change hoax. So I think we really have a lot to thank Mitch for because not only has he actually actively doing so many different things to change the climate in his part of the world. And if you change it anywhere, you're going to have a, an effect on, on the, the frequency and the resonance everywhere. It's just going to, you know, move on out, but he's also educating us like crazy. So if you go to his website, the and I'll have that in the links, there's so much information on there on how to do things, why you want to do it, the background information, things that you can buy and how you can support Mitch, all sorts of great things. But I think also Mitch's work is so important. It goes so much deeper than the really important part of blocking the geoengineering, the EMFs, the radiation, the chemtrails, all this crap, which in its own right is massive. But I really feel like working with this orgone energy, if you start looking into the history around all this stuff, there is some kind of evil force that is, in my opinion, going after the energy of creation itself, right? Like if, if we, if we, degenderize everything if we take away the water to that's going to be able to allow the seed to grow like all these things it just takes away the capacity for creation on all levels life forms plant forms everything so mitch's work is super super important i'm super excited about this so thank you mitch for joining me today i know we're going to go into so many different areas because it's not just about the geoengineering but that's a huge part of the whole puzzle so thank you yeah well thank you very much for giving me a platform here to talk and share everything and uh i know you we, we've chatted briefly in the pre-stage of, of this interview that you know there is a lot going on in our monsoon season yes it has been beyond amazing um my uh, there are some trigger words uh that i know when i talk about climate change that there is a climate hoax and that doesn't sit well with a lot of people however uh hopefully through the conversation like like other conversations i've had We'll kind of explain, you know, what does that mean? Why would I say that? Um, and, you know, demonstrating through like with my work here in Arizona, we, we, I think now have officially had the wettest monsoon season on record. Last year was the second wettest. This year, they refused to say it in the news. But what they do say is Arizona's received more rain than last monsoon season. So I'm thinking, <laughs> well, what what comes before second place? Let me think. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, there are things a person can do. There are things we can be doing to help Mother Nature, to restore the natural weather, uh, to, to heal the planet. Because like you said, there is this thing. I love that analogy about with creation. Um, I, I tend to be on the soapbox that I just, I think there are two paths to take in this realm. And that is uh, for life or pro-life and anti-life. And they're underneath of each of those umbrellas, those two are conflicting against each other. And I think we see that in, in everything, whether it's the frequency fence, our consciousness levels, or the weather outside. So I'm super jazzed to jump into that. Nice, nice. Okay, so before we get into all the juicy parts, let's just talk, how did you even get on to this? Like, this is not your main thing. You actually work, you have a job, but you spend <laughs> all the rest of yeah. your life doing this. So how, and so obviously you, you saw some early results 
that inspired you to keep going and to grow what you're doing. So can you tell us how that all started? Yeah. Um, you know, one of the best lessons I learned in doing this, I, I set out to prove when I, when I first heard this idea of geoengineering, where I, like, I knew there were chemtrails in the sky. I knew something wasn't right. It was, a, it was a time period before the timeline we're in now. Uh, and, uh, several years back when I, I just knew something was wrong and how I had come across was sadly really uh, simplistic. I remember learning about geoengineering and chemtrails and being so distressed about them. I think this was around 2014, 20, about 2015. And I literally just did a Google search. Is there a way to stop chemtrails? And I came across this thing called Organite. I came across this thing. It looked like a hockey puck, kind of like, uh, or in a, you make it in a muffin pan or you can make it in a muffin pan. So it looks like a little, a little puck. And people were, <laughs> and people were talking about putting this stuff uh, around towers. And when I say that, I mean cell towers. Um, the idea was that there was this, uh, frequency fence is what I call it now, but there was this form of, you know, with the EM, EM fields coming off of these towers, we're essentially creating a web that had somehow worked in tandem with these white things that were going on in the sky. Well, I thought this was the dumbest thing ever, and there's no way a piece of metal and plastic can, like, why would this even be a thing? So I decided, this was when I was in Chicago, lived in Chicago, I thought, I'm going to get some of this stuff and I'm going to go prove it wrong. And it was one of the best scientific approaches I've ever made in my life. Uh, I, I would encourage everybody, go prove something wrong. That, that That's one of the easiest ways to prove that there's a there there. And um, because you'll never be satisfied until you prove it wrong in theory. So you'll keep that's working kind of on it. science, actually, right? It, it, it Rather is. Rather than trying to corroborate <laughs> your hypothesis, go to prove it wrong. Yeah. Right? Where you're not... Yeah. You're not bought into the end result. Exactly. And, you know, for myself being in Chicago, which was such a high concentration of towers and EM, I mean, there's, you know, obviously with the population there, everyone at that point had how many devices in their house and, and just everything making this bubble. So the idea of going around and doing some what we would call grid work and putting these devices around the towers uh, it was easy to find places to put them, but it was even better to be able to see what I would call not so subtle reactions uh, based on, you know, as we go, let's say we, my, when I say we in this conversation, I'll be referring to myself and my partner who remains nameless, but um, we would venture out and around the city and we put these things around these towers according to what i had been uh to all the information i was taking in from what few sources existed at the time because there really wasn't a ton uh and so it was the changes we saw with the weather almost immediately uh because chicago is a giant ionized bubble of of you know tech soup and so uh anyway after you know maybe 10, 20, 30 towers that all had been, you know, basically enveloped with a bunch of these devices for each tower. You started seeing these things in the sky. I started seeing chemtrails behaving differently, started seeing new cloud formations, began seeing weather changes as far as the temperature. Uh, as as we grew, as we grew this, this movement, I started blogging about it. I was comparing with the, uh, the few people I could find who were, I would say, above the radar because uh, there are there's a number of people under the radar that prefer to i think remain silent or not you know they don't they don't want any they don't want to really talk about it um but they're doing the work 
And so this bubble that we were creating, what I call an orgone bubble, uh, ticking these, these towers off the check sheet one by one, that bubble got so big where you know, we were gifting this organite gift gifting, meaning we put it out there. It's a gift from us and we've paid for it. So we gift it out in the field all the way up to like Wisconsin and around the lakefronts and downtown. And, and just, I was constantly, every minute I could get the time I was, I was putting this organite around. Eventually I started making it because it can get expensive if you're going to do this type of work and not make it yourself. Um, so I was, you know, making these devices just pans and pans and pans of these hockey pucks uh, throughout the week. And then my partner and I get on, get on the train, get on our bikes, get on the train with our bikes and go out, you know, we go everywhere, rent a car, drive around and just covering such a vast amount of land. I kept having these new results to share and to blog. And eventually I decided to start a, a, a Instagram account and thought, you know, well, I'll see who's, who's willing to listen as time progressed. Uh, we started seeing such drastic changes with like the rain production. Our storms were no longer coasting over us and then dropping needlessly into Lake Michigan. They were actually saturating the land. We had summers, June and July, where I remember this entire city, people just complaining because it was so chilly. And they're like, where's summer? And I'm like, well, here's the thing. As I'm learn taking in all this information and doing all this gifting and researching Wilhelm Reich and trying to connect all these dots with that and the geoengineering agenda, it's like, oh, I think global warming is not what they say it is. Oh, I think that the temperature is manufactured. Oh, there is this ionized bubble that you can basically create a world of Harry Potter magic and, you know, for lack of a better analogy. And so those were the changes we were seeing. And so it was just, it was so promising to like, just keep going, keep going, keep going. Eventually after what uh, at that time would have been three years doing that, um, I knew that we needed to get out of the city. Um, I didn't know that what is going on right now, the C word and all that. Um, I didn't know that this timeline was going, it was going to come so quickly or what it was going to necessarily be, but we knew something, you know, you didn't, we knew we didn't want to be in Chicago. So we uh, decided after diving into Reich's work, I was like, you know, I'm going to go to Arizona because I am convinced at that point, I was convinced I don't, deserts aren't natural. There's some, there's an artificial in, in something's inducing that, that process. And I was determined, like I had enough promising results with it that I thought I'm going to go shut that off. I'm going to go fix the desert to the best of my ability. And somehow we, we plopped down in the, in Sedona, right in the center of the state. And I just, hit the ground running. And for the last, it's now been, this is our, we're going on our fourth year, um, just little by little building this out. And, you know, we've like, people hear about drought, they hear about the desert and, and all the pandemonium, but there is no drought in Arizona. And we've been predicted to have one of the worst fire seasons last year when I just was beginning a new project that fire season never happened. Mm -hmm. And this year we didn't have an issue with the fires either. They're, you know, of course they're always going to try to start stuff, but um, yeah, it's just, everything's been happening so promising. And even now we're, we've had, we've had like four monsoons uh, in October and and everyone around here who's been here for several years. I, I always ask people's opinions because I'm the new person and they're like, this is not normal. This is so, this is new. Something's different. And I'm like, and I just kind of sit here 
twiddling my thumbs or twirling my mustache and saying, gee, I wonder what it is. So, <laughs> so normally it would be dry and hot at this time right there? It, not hot, uh, just that monsoon season is officially declared over at the end of September. And that's not the case. Yeah. And and actually, I'll reference this throughout the conversation too so people don't have to go remember what it was I said. Um, but on my website, at the top of the page, <laughs> The bread and butter of what I'm doing specifically in Arizona is under a tab that says Restore the Desert, and it's my Restore the Desert project. So people can can click on that because I chronologically ordered all of the little projects I've been doing um, specifically for the last two years. I've been doing something I, I termed uh, Earth Pipes Across Arizona, and that's where you know, we'll go into detail too about what these devices are, what they look like. But here's an example. This is an earth pipe. It's a piece of metal pipe. This is, in this case, it's copper, and it's filled with an organite mixture in the middle uh, or in inside. And there are a set of crystals that run down, pointed a certain direction. This will get buried in the ground. And what happens when you bury that into the ground is it taps into the same energy network that towers are tapped into. It goes into ley lines. It, it reduces or relieves geopathic stress. Um, there's a whole there's a whole can of worms as far as the mechanics, which we can also talk about too, because a lot of this is observational, where we know there's a there there, but at the same time. I find myself even looking back at my 2015 explanations and saying, "Well, I thought I knew everything then." And more has come to light about the process of what's going on, that it's like the more you learn, the less you know, but yes. you have more, we have more puzzle pieces. So we'll definitely talk about those, those puzzle pieces. Anyway, before I lose that on that tangent, though, um, earth pipes across Arizona, I literally buried earth pipes across the state of Arizona. And I started this in January of 2021 because of the huge explosion of 5G that took place in 2020. Mm -hmm. And in my line of work uh, with this, I get a lot of feedback from people and emails from folks all over the world talking about that explosion that occurred right during the lockdown, really, while yeah. all the kids were away at school. Every parent, I swear I heard from every parent in America, it seemed, that like, oh, they just put this on my kid's school while they were away. So I just, yeah, kind of increased that and, and went again, hit the ground running and gritting the heck out of uh, Arizona, which has drastically changed that monsoon season. So, And it didn't take long. You always saw results that year. Oh, for sure. I mean, we, we actually saw results when we got here in 2018. Uh, we had traveled here for about two months uh, before plopping down and, and getting a place to rent. And we did a bunch of gifting and I put out some of those. We'll talk about these things, the chem busters. People can see on my website, a chem buster is a tall contraption about six feet tall. It has copper pipes sticking out of this giant bucket of organite. Uh, it's a sky cleaner. It's a, it's like a negative ion generator on massive steroids uh, that will literally just dissipate chemtrails. And we put those things around the desert in tandem with going out to towers and distributing these devices in areas, you know, within a certain proximity. That proximity, I say, is within about a, a block or two. Um, but anyway, I just, so I was building this grid and putting up these devices even early on. And we were only here for maybe two months. It was New Year's Eve. People can look up New Year's Eve uh, snowstorm 
And uh, normally Sedona gets about, I think on average, if they're lucky, they'll get two to three inches and you can't buy a snow shovel at the store. Cause there's literally no, there's just no snow. Um, and we don't have snow plows either. And we got 18 inches on oh, New Year's goodness. Eve. And, and I mean, Flagstaff had the longest ski season in history. Uh, they got like 47 inches or something over the course of these two days. And, and then it happened again in February as we just kept gifting. So it was like, People might say like, well, what does the snow have to do with this? And it's like, well, there's there's precipitation and there's a process that is essentially suffocated when you're trying to create a drought. Uh, water gets removed from places it needs to go and it goes somewhere else that basically is is useless. Or like you can divert storms energetically and you can move all that water somewhere that you don't, you know, not only do they not need it, but you could probably cause some pretty serious damage with it. So you're, it's like a double whammy. I'm drying out these people over here and I'm soaking these people over here. And so you break down that frequency fence and that type of weather manipulation isn't possible because it's an energetic process that's created through this web. And so uh, anyway, yeah, the, but the results were pretty, they were really good. We were doing really good as far as like the drought in Arizona was officially declared over on May 19th of 2019. Lake wow. Mead was, Lake Mead was full, Lake Powell was full. And it, this is one thing that really chaps my patoot about uh, the climate hoax. They use those two lakes to scare people and they talk about how they're down and that they've been going down forever. That's not true. They haven't. They're also man-made. They're also reservoirs. And there's just, I mentioned this on Alphabetic, there are more people with straws tapped into it. It has nothing to do with the weather. They're mm -hmm. draining it purposefully right. as fast as they can. So anyway, just the point being like 2019 was great. We were on board, like the drought was over, all that. Then 5G happened. And so that's what led me into the 2021, like kill it with fire approach. That was my earth pipes across Arizona leading into everything as of last, well, yesterday, really. So, wow. Very cool. And so when you're talking about taking like that, that droughts aren't natural, do you feel that what about places with these made like crazy monsoons or massive hurricanes and things like that? If you were to be putting those, gifting those around in those areas, would that stop that? So I don't know anybody in like, I'm going to use a hurricane example. Um, I have been trying relentlessly to help. Uh, I, have, I have some friends in Florida and there are people there who are, who are gifting, I think as much as they, I think as much as they know how to do right now. Um, I do think like when people email me and they'll ask like, Hey, if I get a chem buster, is it going to flood? And I'm like, no, I don't think it will because what it's it's not like you don't put up chem busters or bus towers and then all of a sudden it's like oh it's just going to rain it's you are you are opening up the org you're opening up the energy the energetic pathway geoengineering is essentially just suffocating the energy that naturally flows through this realm it keeps everything in balance including mother nature so if you throw off that balance you throw off mother nature and then you spiral in every direction i mean there's a reason that so much is in chaos because the natural flow of life has been purposefully thrown into chaos using frequency and so when you turn that back on, you're essentially just turning back on the natural process. And so if you're supposed to have rain and you've had everything suffocated for years, chances are, I mean, more than chances are, it's going to get wet and it's going to get 
kind of, I mean, it's going to be huge, massive downpours and it's going to, I mean, you're going to get a restoration or a calibration is what I used to call it all the time. So on the opposite side, when you've got somebody being hammered with say a hurricane and being purposefully flooded, like what I'd like to see in those areas is more of the tower busting to open up the grid because instead of taking a storm and concentrating it on a place like, I mean, my theory about, this is a theory. So some people that's not going to be good enough, but it's my theory that in the case of like Fort Myers, which just had the tragedy of being wiped off the map, I think as you gift this stuff and you essentially bust the towers, you bust the frequency fence, you're opening up a pathway that will disperse and keep everything moving. So you can't target things like that. You can't take that storm and hit that one location because nature's going to say, hell no. And it's going to keep moving it. So everyone's getting a bunch of rain, but nobody's (laughs) getting their house wiped off the map. So that's, that's what I believe because I've like, when I've done gifting in Chicago, and then we also did some in Nebraska, um, people can read Miami. I've got that peppered in my website as well, but primarily it was in Illinois and then now in Arizona. And most of it is in Arizona because that's what I've sort of claimed as my turf. But it's like um, what I've seen in the process of gifting is that first comes a calibration. First, you see really sudden reactions, you know, like like having a, the drought be over in 2019. But as you see the frequency web get boosted exponentially in 2020 i we saw things right on right on schedule they slowed down a lot of the things we were doing it's like oh there's now we're we're back to having a lot of storms that have been suffocated that pass over us and go to places that don't need it or it's like there's a 50% chance of rain today and everyone's super just celebrating like oh please please rain and then all of a sudden you see a billion cross hatches going through the sky playing tic tac toe and you open up the weather app and it's gone. It's dwindled away. So as that went down and our efforts went up, it's like we kind of brought it back. So what I'm getting at is you see you see subtle reactions in the beginning. And then the more you do, those reactions will get less subtle because you've, you know, like around Sedona, for example, there's nowhere left in this town that you could gift Organite because I'm pretty sure, I mean, there's more Organite in Sedona, Arizona than anywhere on earth, in my opinion. And I think it's because, I mean, I think it's because of me. Um, So doing any other work in this area, particularly, we're not going to see these reactions. However, what we do see is more, we've had more blue skies. We've had more puffy clouds that that have stayed put. Mm -hmm. And that weather has gotten more severe in the positive sense. You know, we've got thunder and lightning that was rocking and rolling all summer long. And a lot of people had commented We didn't have a lot of that. There was, it's like something was preventing this discharge of energy. Lightning's fantastic for the ground. It recharges magnetic fields. So, you know, and I have theories about other things with lightning that will be the the next stage of of free energy, I think. But um, aside from that, you know, the weather has increased as far as severity. But then again, as you keep gifting more and more, it's like last year, a lot of places got tons of water. And again, second wettest monsoon season. But there were still places that were like, well, I didn't get very much this year. This year, having connected with more people, put put out another few thousand pipes. And, and I just dropped 17 chembusters around the desert this wow. year too, again. So it's like, it opened up even more. And now it's like, yeah, no, now you hear from everybody 
who who's like, yeah, I got hammered or people that say like, I've lived here 30 years. This Creek has never been full. And now it is this lake is, has been empty the whole time. This spring wasn't running. This river was dry this way. So it's like, it's this huge restoration that like you see sort of a roller coaster, I think, uh, as you, as you gift. But if you're going to gift on steroids, which is my preferred method, um, you're going to, yeah, you're going to see that roller coaster for sure. Right. Very, very cool. So do you know the mechanism by which this is happening? Let's talk about what they are. And so people understand yeah. what orgone is and like what sure. it based, I was watching, like I was telling you this documentary with Wilhelm Reich and like he had the orgone accumulator, which you could mm-hmm. use, like there's so many different ways to apply this technology, whether it be for the environment or for disease or health or whatever. So can we talk about what the sure. essence is of orgone and yeah. how it works? So- I want to use, let's use the accumulator so I can tie that into what we think is happening with like a tower buster. Okay. So Reich had created this machine that was constructed using certain materials that either attracted or repelled this energy, this energy, which we would call orgone, chi, prana, et cetera. And by putting people, he would put people inside of this box. It was like the size of a small refrigerator box. The layers that made up the outside shell of that box were layered with like one layer of an organic material that would attract this energy and then a layer of an inorganic material that repelled it. And by doing that, you could harness this energy to the center of the box, pop a chair in there, sit down and have a therapy session as far as like concentrating this bubble on you know, the person inside. There were experiments he did that uh, it's it's up for debate and you have to be careful, obviously, using the, the word cure. Um, but he treated people that had cancer. Uh, he had treated people with all kinds of ailments, but uh, cancer and infertility were two popular ones. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting to me that we're talking about two disease, not, well, it's not a disease to, to be, uh, have fertility issues. That's not, you know, but the idea of life energy being connected to this and the cycle of natural energy that flows through the body or that's been thrown into chaos or whatever it is, that's like being exerted on us. If infertility is one of the, like, if the ability to create more life has been mm-hmm. infringed upon, I'm like, isn't that an interesting can of worms? And by harnessing this life energy and putting things back in alignment, uh, and like, that's not even a woo woo thing to say, like get back in alignment, you know, uh, it, it's interesting that you can restore that process and you can essentially, you know, heal, uh, infertility or in this or cancer. And so, um, in the case of, so in the case of those materials, you've got this attraction and this repelling. So with organite, and this is, I'm going to, I'll give the 2015, 16 explanation. And then what I think now, uh, in the beginning, it was believed that this device, I'll show you two kinds. So there's this one here is black because it has uh, metal powder in it, metal powder me, being an organic material and the organic material in this would be resin. In this case, it's a casting resin. It's a, it's like a polyester type resin. Um, it's, it's derived from oil and oil is highly, highly energetic. There's a reason, the, you know, whole other can of worms, but the reason the crude, the crude oil or the petrodollar is a thing that runs our currency. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, but this, this is a material that does a function. Uh, you can make some like this as well. This one looks, it's bigger because this is aluminum metal. It's, so you can see the speckling of it and it's clear because sometimes we make things a little bit like more uh, decorative, but the point being is with these materials, you've got an organic and an inorganic material that would essentially 
uh, be it'd be put around these devices like towers, and it would go into that energy field being output by the tower, where it's almost it's like pulled in and push back out. And I've heard some people refer to Organite or at least Tower Busters as being a scrubber brush for an energy field or like a filter. Um, I used to, I mean, I don't, I don't care about that. I, I, uh, I used to use that one a lot, but the thing is, is that these also incorporate crystals. And when I say that, I mean that they contain some form of quartz. Some are easier to see. Uh, this is just, this is a very decorative one, but it's still quite heavy and dense with metal. Um, but the idea is that uh, this energy field that's negative has been pulled in and and spit out. But during the process, there's a crystal in there that is helping to restructure or realign that energy field. Like a, I've heard some people refer to it as an oscillator. I've heard some people say, oh, it's a, it's the antenna. It's the beacon or the quantum, the quantum uh, receiver of the piece. And so I don't, I don't know as far as the mechanics of it. I, so many people have had different opinions on it. But when I think about Reich and his work and try to connect these two, then I'm thinking, okay, you've got something that can take this energy. And in the process of this movement that's going on, there's a process that something changes before it is exerted on the the organic life around it. In a box, it would be whoever's sitting in the box that becomes healed of whatever their problem, or, you know, treated, I should say. And in the case of this, you've got like, you put this stuff around towers and then you notice like plants around those things, trees around, around towers and people who live around them. Like they start having these different experiences. Trees grow, uh, trees grow greener and plants grow faster. And, uh, you know, if you put, um, one of the, one of the tests I would recommend people do with Organite is put a, put a ton of it. If you can put a ton of it around where you sleep and document your sleep cycles. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, there, there are little things people can do as far as trying to understand the mechanics of it, but I've just learned over the years that the more I learn about it, it's like, I, I'm more, uh, I'm, I'm less concerned with trying to explain like how it works or really why the, why it works, right. because I don't know if what we've deduced so far is accurate. Uh, we think it is, but I, you know, again, the whole idea of like being an energy field filter, because when I started experimenting with the earth pipes, you know, people, people used to talk there, there's so much, uh, random information out there. I mean, I was consuming as much as I could. I worked a job where I sat on a computer for eight hours a day in like 2016. All I did was take in this as much and as fast as I could. And I'd hear these comments from people talking about the earth pipe, that it needed to be buried in the ground, and that uh, they were great for underground bases. Now, whatever your opinions are about what's going on underneath the earth um, and the connection to you know whatever nasties may be down there, yeah. um, it, I didn't know exactly what I'm like, well, what, what is this going to have to do with that? But as I like, well, like, what is the energy coming off just for the sake of like a mil what a military base? Um, people would talk about airports, the things that were under airports. But as I learned more about consciousness, and I started 
making these connections basically that everything was truly about energy, frequency, and vibration, and that energy, frequency, and vibration was being both used to harm and to heal us, and that this, this whole idea of everything truly being connected by this universal God consciousness, then I started thinking, wow, there's there's no reason to not think like that this could exist or that this isn't a possibility. And you start opening up all these possibilities. And so eventually, you know, I don't want to get into like the dark stuff, but you learn enough things about something being done to us. And, and you know, the, the idea of what we call, I call them parasites. There's something parasitic in nature. Um, and that this stuff is countering that. And so while I still, even to this day, I'm like, I don't understand fully why hammering an earth pipe into the space around, like, say, you know, outside the perimeter on the free land, outside of an airport, I will stress that. Don't don't, <laughs> don't go doing I'm not encouraging anything stupid um, or any, any stupid behavior. But um, the idea of that happening under there, I'm not sure. But as I learn about ley lines and energy points and I start mm -hmm. looking around even just my backyard, we've got all the towers in Sedona are all tapped directly into these supposed vortexes that wow. exist. We've got, and then when you look at like the energy of, you know, we live in a realm that something wants to manifest human misery. And then I started noticing where towers were. Towers are put on hospitals right above the cancer ward. They're put on prisons. They're put around factory farms. They're put on water sources like water towers and around bodies of water. As I learned about the people like Dr. Masaru Emoto and the whole idea of water and the consciousness of water, it's like, oh, here's another puzzle piece. This is connected to water. Water is a fantastic energy conductor and a huge part of our overall consciousness in this realm that is basically all water. And it's like, somebody's doing something there for some reason. I'm like, there's an agenda connected to the water here. So it's like you're reverse engineering the idea or you're reverse figuring it out. I mean, it's, it's like, what is the agenda? It's like, it's not just what people say. It's like, no, there's more to this and I'm getting to it backwards by experimenting with this stuff or experimenting with this energy and seeing what is it they did this for? Why are they you know, why are they putting towers where they put them and on the ley lines and things like that? So, yeah, interesting. It'd be interesting to see, to take some water before you gift it and send that to Veda Austin to do, do you know Veda's work? A little bit. Yeah. And have her take a picture of it. And then after it's been acted on and gifted and I, what the picture of that would look like afterwards, that would be amazing. Her work is just insane. I will, I'm going to put that on my list. So I, because I've been so busy with the physical process of building this stuff and right. gifting and I'm getting, so now that we've had such a success, I mean, I'm, I'm convinced now, like I can probably slow down a little bit now that we had this monsoon season, we're now having a second spring. We don't, we're not having a fall, um, which we had last year too. Everything's awesome and, and green and I've got, you know, bright yellows and oranges in my yard. But um, one of the things I do want to do is to j dive further in, like in the case, I, I will reach out to her and see, uh, I want I want to learn more about what's happening with the water. I don't have a photon microscope, but I know if you have organite, you can do what we call the water test. And I would say that you want to use uh, you, you don't want to use a decorative piece that doesn't have metal in it because one of the pieces we've learned over the years, and this was known when I when I jumped in, people already said it, but the piece should be made 
out of half of your organic and your inorganic material, meaning half of it resin and half of it uh, metal. And the reason we use metal shavings or we use metal powders is because when you think about, again, this goes back to that layering effect of inorganic and organic. Think of all the layers that are between each molecule of resin that's in there, th that it should be a chaotic pushing and pulling action. When you have something that's a dense block that's got metal powder in it, then think of how many more of those molecules of resin are surrounded by a piece of metal. It's like even more layers. So I do, I, I have come out recently saying that I personally believe organite with metal powders basically metal metal shavings are great they make great pieces but metal powders will make your organite hum that's what i mm -hmm. like to say um but use a good quality piece and uh put it in the freezer with a cup of water and use a plastic cup because glass will probably shatter um but what people do is they they get the scalar vor the vortex that's coming off of that piece gets basically implanted or recorded in the water uh, people have talked about the structuring of water. I do believe it is structuring the water as well. People use things like tensor rings or organite or sacred geometry or, uh, yeah. What are those, uh, biogeometry tools? Right. Um, so people do things like they use those types of tools to charge their water. And I do, I, I know there's a there, there as well. I just, unfortunately don't have a multi-thousand dollar photon microscope to, record all the findings myself. So those are things I definitely want to get into. And then also there are devices too, because someone's gonna, there's always someone who will ask, can you measure orgone with a, is there like a device? Uh, yeah. And the answer is that yes, there is, but the process for interpreting the data is very difficult because the like here i'll show you i i had invested in this a while back because it what is it's called an experimental life meter this one it came from a company i believe in actually i i will send it to you because it's in canada i remember that okay, okay. Uh, and i i think i got it from someone in alberta somewhere um okay. it is based on the exact same device that rice used and the readings for it the well the reason i bought it was because it comes with all these like adapters and there's like a clip and a pro uh, there's probes and stickers and things to put you know you're testing you're testing biological uh form and one of the things i want to get into is testing the soils before and after around a tower before and after earth pipes have been in or testing around plants that have these things because you can put the organite around the device and it goes off the charts that's a given but um and, and actually we've seen measurements that vary basically measuring a miserable person who didn't know that they were being measured um <laughs> And, and the thing, but the thing is, is that a lot of the, a lot of the uh, readings we get off of it, you know, there is an instruction manual, but it's, it's like, um, it, there's a lot of holes that leave things open to self-interpretation. So a lot of the results a person would try to talk about would be, would still be conjecture or it's just their experience with it. So it's like, before I dive too deep into that, where I want to start sharing more, you know, I want to test things before and after, and I want to get like dive in a little bit deeper into what these towers are doing. Cause as of right now, we know putting the stuff around them will help restore the weather. It will help make vegetation grow faster and really just change the whole local environment. 
Um, but I know there's more to that. And I also know that as time goes on, again, the more we learn, the less we know. And trying to answer questions, it it, it can become difficult because there's just more questions than, than we have answers. So Right. And I have a few actually here. This yeah. I have a nice. some a couple of friends making and a friend of mine, she did this one. I don't know what resin she's doing. And then I have another one like this. We have a couple more at home. But the one who made this one, she wanted to me to ask you about the power ones. Do you have yeah. instructions on how to make a power one? Because that seems to be another level of yeah. So um the short answer is I is no, I don't. And only because I I've only been talking about the power wand for probably about the last six months. For anybody curious about that, what we're talking about is a, um, it's a type of, this is a little bit fatter than a, than an earth pipe, but this is a copper pipe that is filled with an organite mixture. And on the inside, there is a crystal that is prepared with a special, a special wire wrapping that we call a sucker punch, a sucker punch. People can see these on, I, I bought this one. I also make some myself, but I, this is one of the first ones I ever bought from a guy named Andy over at CT Busters, uh, who I, I love his work and I, I recommend, you know, people support him if they don't want to support me. Um, and I actually, I, that's where I bought a bunch of chem busters this summer because I didn't have time to make them myself, but a power wand has this crystal running through it. And there's a, some type of, of electronics that goes into that crystal that's inside. It's like a sucker punch, which is uh, the, when the crystal is basically pulsed with a frequency. And here, I'll give you a closer look at that knot. So that's the knot. It's called a Mobius coil. Right. And so as you pulse it with different things, you can broadcast into the crystal that's inside of that. And so for a power wand, the sucker punch crystal is encased inside of a very dense organite. This is like, this is mostly powder. Um, and I use copper powder for it because it's, this is like a chem buster. In my view, this is a chem buster in your pocket or in, in your hand. Um, but the reason I started talking about them, some people make them that have these zappers for 15 Hertz and you can, it's, it's essentially a sucker punch, but it's like a magnified sucker punch. I have made an audio output and so have a couple other people. Uh, but the idea is then that you can broadcast different things into it, not just 15 Hertz. And I play around with a lot of frequencies uh, using things like harmonizers, things that basically plug into either apps or CD players or my laptop or whatever. Um, and you're, you're broadcasting these frequencies into the device and then outputting it and doing different motions, at least in the case of a power wand, doing different motions in the sky or against the flow of the jet stream, depending on the time of year, the weather conditions, et cetera. Basically you can conjure up lightning, you can conjure up rain and it's, it's, there's a lot, there's a lot to it. Every time I actually, cause I just did a call the other day, anyone who ever wants a power wand from me, um, I am willing to sell them one and it comes with a phone call and that, those phone calls always go quite long, like in up to some, even like two hours because wow. I talk, I talk to each person individually um, because it's so much observation and I do eventually want to write a book on, I'd love to write a, the manual on it someday because it was about two years ago when I learned this process called ether damming, where you can build a barrier of energy against the flow of the jet stream or the flow of the ether. And you can actually manifest rain clouds faster. Um, there are just a lot of different reactions 
in the sky. I mean, I've heard some people I've given ones to that said, you know, Mitch, I feel like I'm, it's like an eraser for chemtrails when I'm like playing around. That's with what whatever. I was going to ask. If there's a chemtrail, yeah. can you undo it? There, right so you? there, yes. And, but <laughs> the reason I say it that way, um, when I first started doing this and we put like, when I refer to just doing this, I mean, ether damming, playing with power ones. When I started doing it, it worked as far as like helping to to nudge the rain through and make the rain production heavier, this was in 2019, uh, it worked. I had a six, what I would call a success rate of like a hundred percent. Every time I'd go outside, I'd crank on the frequencies I wanted to use. And I won't say what they are right now, but I, I do that in the conversations I have with these people in one-on-one. And uh, I would be basically trial and erroring with you know, aiming different directions based on where I saw clouds, where I saw chemtrails, uh, the flow of energy, the time of year, because there's a difference in the energy between the, when the equinox, we just had a change, which happened with the equinox. I've, I've sort of just by deductive reasoning, trying to figure out as much as I can about how can this be used to even to boost this rain production even more, or to, you know, I don't know, I, my goal would be to eventually disintegrate or d- destroy a hurricane before it hits land. Like that's what I would love to be. That's what I want to do. Um, but in 2019, it worked really well and it slowed down again in 2020. And that was, again, it coincided with the increase in 5G. So what I understood to take away from that was as we got out there and started busting more towers again and went crazy with the earth pipe project, then the ether damming all of a sudden started to work again. It was working much faster. So it's like they have this, they both have their place, just like the, the little devices, you want to do grid work. You want to get an earth pipe in your yard. I think every human being on earth, if you, wherever you live, I would bury an earth pipe. Uh, if you have more than, if you have more than three acres, I'd say, uh, bury more than one earth pipe, but you want to grid your neighborhood. You want to put the tower busters around every, you know, smart meters, Wi-Fi's, whatever, even though you shouldn't, I mean, you shouldn't have those on. They should be hardwired or you should have them remove the meter if you can. But the point being is you put this stuff out, you create a grid, you knock out the little devices, the EMF devices that are feeding that frequency fence web in the first place. Then you deploy those chem busters and the chem busters, not everybody needs one. I've put so far in Arizona, I think I've put 30, I think I'm about to hit 40, 30, uh, 39 around there. And those are, um, but those are buried, are they? Those are above they're ground. Not, they're above yeah. ground. They're like a lawn ornament, really. I mean, and that's the thing is I try to make them look like that. Well, so that, the people yeah. So they want them in their yard. Um, (laughs) It's essentially, yeah, it's just copper, uh, sometimes aluminum, sometimes steel, depending. Uh, I have instructions, by the way, also on my website under the Oregon tab at the top, there's a drop down that says tutorials, downloads, and instructions. Mm -hmm. And I, I teach people how to make every one of these things with exception. I don't do the power one yet because I still, you know, I've got boots on the ground. I still write up a report of what they experience and comparing notes and whatever, but I want to have a better understanding of it because I know if I bring that to the table too early, it's going to, you know, you just open up a pathway for misinformation out of the gate and then you got to go clean up that mess too. So yeah. Fair enough. Um, Okay. So what did I want to, 
Um, okay. Also for people that don't have the time and say, like, I would say, go to Mitch's site and go, he's always re replenishing everything that he makes. But if some people, I think there are some, maybe some better quality products and lesser quality. What do people need to look for? Yeah. So there is a term, excuse me, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, I haven't used this term in a while, but it, the term is called orgonaut. <laughs> and I forget who said it, but it was a great word to describe organite that is made incorrectly. And I am in the, I am in the city center for that type of organite in yes. Sedona. If you've ever been to a crystal store, most cases, what you see is you see some form of crystals that are encased in a, a resin or encased in plastic, um, but there's no metal. And that's the, the bigger component that people, I think not everybody, more people are, I think, getting it. But, you know, if you go on Etsy and you type in organite, you're going to you know, it's a, you'll have a heyday trying to go through, sort through everything, but you can easily sort out the Orgonaut. And it's, you know, the most expensive part I found with Organite is the metal. I mean, copper is not cheap. And really since 2020, everything's just through the roof. But, um, you know, the, the materials, you want to make sure you have that 50-50 or close to. In the case of this one, well, here, I'll show you all of these. This one is completely half, uh, I mean, half of that is filled with aluminum minus a, you know, a millimeter or two, you know, probably two millimeters on the top. Um, but then like this one, that blue layer that's there is filled with aluminum shavings. And then underneath of that, the black layer is also aluminum shavings, but it's packed with a ton of black metal powder. So it's like, even though there's, you leave some rooms for your crystal or for your rocks or whatever it is you're putting in there crystal wise, um, that's fine. But these are, these are heavy. These are very, very dense. And the thing, and I, I don't have an example. I think I probably finally threw it away, but it was everyone's probably, if you've, you're into Organite, I'm sure everyone at some point has come across like these rainbow looking pyramids that are essentially just like what looks like beads or they're supposed to be crystals. I think they're, they're fake, but it's just lined with like a rainbow, you know, Roy G. Biv to the yeah. top. Yeah. And it's just, and, and those aren't like, as far as EMF, that's not going to do anything. And as far as changing any energy field, I'm not sure how, like all you've done is basically ruin crystals in my opinion. And I've seen some people destroy some really precious looking gems uh, to put inside of the resin. And I'm like, you, if you're not going to put the metal in there, you really okay. should. So be on the lookout, I would say for the metal component and, you know, again, shavings, metal shavings, it can be aluminum, brass, copper, uh, iron, you know, anything, especially when people are making it themselves, go, go cheap when you're starting, because like it can get expensive very quickly. But then when you veer into the powders, I use a lot of atomized steel, iron oxides, copper and brass powder, things like that you start beefing up those, those pieces even more. And with the 5g ex explosion, um, I'm kind of at a point where I'm, I'm tapering away from the ones that have just the shavings. I still think they're great. So I don't want anyone to misinterpret, but I would say like, if you have the option for one or the other, yeah. get some with the powder. Um, as far as types too, uh, like where people can get it, um, I have on my website whenever, I mean, I know I'm, I'm not going to be the cup of tea that everybody wants all the time. So I put other people on my website who I like. The reason I like them is because I have found that there is a very definitive divide between 
people who want to gift and people that purely they just want to sell it. Mm-hmm. And you can find that on a lot of Etsy stores and people get, I mean, I had a few complaints from people over the years that don't like my attitude on that, but there are, this is a technology that it's a gift. You know, this is a gift from, from God for lack of a better word. And, and we, you know, it, after my Alpha Vedic episode, I was shocked at how many people, the first one last year, I was shocked at the number of people who wrote to me in email and said that they had heard, they were like, I've, I've heard of Organite, known about it for years, blah, blah, blah. They said, I never, ever heard about the tower component or what this could do with these EMF devices. Yeah. They thought it was purely for show and, and it was for putting something in your juju space. <laughs> and that's, so that's where my, my beef is because I'm like, there's a tool here that will help. And there are people, you know, I just, I don't, I just don't want to see people like trying to catch, cause there's been a huge cash cow with it. Yeah. Like if you go to my website, I have some things that range. My whole thing is I'm trying, I try to offer a few pretty things, but I'm trying to really get organized into everybody's home. I think everyone should have something in their home. And so I try to have varying things as far as like affordability. And then also I use the sales I have from my shop to afford to gift the desert and do all the work that I'm doing because it ain't cheap, but people can see, yeah, if they don't want mine um, or if they want to make their own, the instructions are on my website. And I always encourage people to do that. And if not, and they want to buy it, they can obviously, I welcome them to look at my store, but then I would say, just check out these other people I recommend because one of them internationally, I'll even say just to you, like being in Canada, I don't, um, right now I'm not set up for it. So if people email me and they ask, then I'll work something out with them and we'll make it, make sure to get them some organite. But for international people all the time, I recommend George Richel. He's the gentleman who, who created Organize Africa. He's been doing this for 20, I mean, I think he started in 2002, 2001, uh, when I was not in diapers, but I think in high school and, <laughs> and, um, you know, he's, he's an inspiration. So, and he's gifting the literal continent of Africa wow. and the desert. And I know he operates out of both Africa and out of Europe because he's been around for a long time. He's got a bigger operation. So I, I recommend people please, you know, check him out too and, and show some support. And then this other gentleman, Andy, who is in California, the guy at CT Busters, there's nobody who sells a chem buster cheaper than Andy. So for those who want one, like I don't make them because they take me forever. I, I have in the past, but I'm so busy with my earth pipes and my earth pipe project that like this summer, I was like, forget it. I'd rather save myself the time and drop the money. And he makes fantastic chem busters, which clearly have worked very, very well all summer. So and supporting those people that really care about the end result of gifting. I think that's a really yeah. perfect yeah. way. And Everybody it, wins that way, right? Exact, exactly. Like, I, definitely. I would say, yeah, just get it from, and they don't have to be, I'm, I'm aware I'm a, I, I would consider myself a rarity as far as like m- the method of my madness is, has been go big or go home. Or I like to say, kill it with fire because I want to show these results. I want to be, I want to be the poster child for saying, okay, here's what I've done in this area to influence and to restore this process going on in our environment. And here, and and then hopefully encourage and 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 inspire other people to do it too. But now I know not everybody's going to be able to do that. But even just somebody who's willing, like make a pan, make a 
a thing of tower busters and like, go get, give some to like everyone in your family, you know, like get a little bit and go knock out five houses, just like that. If you've got a big family, I mean, go, go and, you know, we've gone around and, you know, every neighbor has this stuff and everywhere I look anymore in Sedona, I see organite in or around people's base. So it's just, yeah. Like, so do, you know, start small, do what you can, but um, I highly, highly encourage the gifting, support those who are gifting. Cause that's really important. Yeah. And I want to, uh, I want to do this with my, my son is homeschool, unschooled really. And yeah. I think anybody, if you've got kids at home and you want a fun, fun project to do, start looking at this. There's so many tutorials on Mitch's site and how many of these would you need in your home to be effective? So, okay. Common question. And I don't know the exact answer because it would depend on the size of your home. I think it would depend on the intensity of the devices you have. Like, do you have a smart home with all everything else, which I would say the first step is minimize your exposure to these devices. You shouldn't be embracing things like, you know, the, the new 5g, whatever from T-Mobile beacon that they put in your house for your internet. Now they're trying to get rid of wired internet. Um, so as far as for like a, a, I guess a normal family home, I always recommend uh, an assortment of tower busters to whatever degree they can look like whatever uh, and an earth pipe in the ground. I think for me here in the desert, I've learned over the last couple of years how important earth pipes are because I think earth pipes are sort of they're tower busters on steroids. They tap mm -hmm. into the same energy grid that that I mean, it's sort of like you're taking care of the web under you while the other things are taking care of the web above you. Right. And then the things like the chem busters are taking care of the web that is like space right. or whatever we want to call. Um, but but so for a house like I actually created a, a pack. I call it a pucks and a pipe pack to answer that question of what should I get? Because it's an assortment of five pucks. You get a sixth one anyway, but it's an assortment <laughs> of anyone who orders it just so they're aware, but um, it's five pucks and uh, one of the earth pipes. And so you bury the pipe outside somewhere on your property. I usually say within about 50 feet of the yard, um, not directly by the electric box, but uh, you know, I would say anywhere within like 30 to 50 feet of that. Uh, and then you would disperse the pucks, the hockey pucks or the tower busters inside the house, uh, putting them just in each room. And if even you have more, some people say, well, I have more than that many rooms. I'd say, okay, well then put one near the area where everyone sleeps, put one near the Wi-Fi if you have it on and unplug it at night also. Yes. But, um, and then one near your smart meter and that can be inside or outside the house. Because the range, which I assume would come up, the question of how far do these go, right. it is there's there's a general I, I say a general consensus I think in anyone I've ever associated with or talked to who's done this work too, I I think it's around a quarter of a mile that the that these will have an effect. However, that doesn't mean oh if I just put this within a quarter mile it's one and done. What it means is. I think that these will have an effect on any EMF device within a quarter of a mile of, of this distance of this. But if you only have, let's say, one of these and you're sitting under power lines next to a nuclear power plant yeah. and you've got 80 Tesla charging stations outside your house, one of these isn't going to cut it even yeah. if they're all that close. So it's like... The idea is the more concentration of EMF, the more concentration you would want of these devices. But I think a starting point would be like five to six of the hockey pucks and then 
a, a pipe that go, would go in the yard somewhere in the property. And for people that live, if you live on water, there's a big one. Uh, one of the, this, it's like the more we learn, the less we know. But one of the things I've learned more about is with this influence on water, the, I purposefully tap my earth pipes into water sources the same way that they're tapping their towers into those water sources. And I think it's because like, I mean, the water is essentially all connected uh, on this, this grid of this realm, regardless of what shape anybody thinks it is. Everything is connected by water when you, mm. when you dig down deep enough. I also think if you were to go and dig around towers, uh, you'll find you'll eventually you'll hit water. Um, and I think quite, I think most of them quite easily. And I think that they know, I mean, there's a reason they put them where they put them. So having the towers or having the pipes, the earth pipes, if you live on water around water, if you have a pond or a spring, um, I highly encourage like get some things to bury around those areas and use that to magnify the output from these devices too. Right. So, yeah, for sure. And that's what I wanted to say is because I know your thinking around this has changed since you started this before you're saying, get all the towers and bust all the towers and everything. But now you're also talking about places that aren't the, like the water, because the water is a transmitting utility for this too. That makes me think of, we just did a spring run. We have a spring that we go collect our water from. We could shove a whole bunch in the ground <laughs> down there. And I mean, we, yeah, we've, we've done, I'll use a couple examples. Cause I think this would encourage some folks. Um, we, so I, here in, in the village where I am, I'm in technically in the village outside of Sedona. So if people know it's the village of Oak Creek, but, um, the city of Sedona and we've got Oak Creek running through all the way up to Flagstaff. And there is a spring up there that people can pull over to the side of the road. And I think they throttle it now because they don't want people stopping, but you can still fill your jugs. It's just, they make it less fun than it used to be. Um, that good old, good old government as usual. But <laughs> um, we, we actually did a, a drive specifically uh, using, I, I started using a, a giant drill to get these things in the ground quite quickly. Mm -hmm. And we, I'm, I'll just say we lost several of them about every quarter of a mile <laughs> all the way from Sedona oh, up to Flagstaff. And the reason was because it was right alongside, I mean, I'm saying hypothetically, it was alongside the, <laughs> the river or the Oak Creek, which is a very, I would say, majestic body of water. Um, Oak Creek is amazing and it is flowing quite well now. Uh, not just because of the organite. I mean, obviously because of the massive monsoon season, yeah. but um, I have a friend and I forget was a friend of a friend. And I think she's in, I think I said Virginia in the alpha Vedic episode, but I'm pretty sure it's actually North Carolina. And she has a spring that with a, with a pond around her property and the spring feeds her pond. And over the last two years, her pond dried out and the spring stopped running and so she got a little frantic and I sent her a bunch of stuff. And I mean, like excess of, of earth pipes that I said, go out in, in the pond and bury these things underneath in, in that, where the water would be, which we've done numerous times with dried up lakes that now have water in them. And so she put it around there and around the spring and her house and whatever, gridded the property, put her tower busters out, got a chem buster as well. So she, she went big or went home basically. And she, I think she left for like a month to go on a business trip. And she said when she just got back, this was maybe over the last four weeks, five weeks. And she said that the pond is filled and the spring is running. And she was just like, I don't, I, now 
again, it's like, so here's only one example. And, but the thing is, is like, we play, we, we put together a coincidence salad with all of this stuff. And that's what keeps, in my case, it keeps me going because I can't safe with absolute certainty like it was just the organite but i find it interesting that the consistencies there are that we're driving these things into the ground in the same manner like we're doing the same thing here around dried up creeks and you know these these washes places that don't ever have any water in them and then i get this feedback from people all over arizona saying mitch i've lived here 30 years i've never seen this river have water in it it's always been dry or this lake is dry this you know we've we've gone to dried up lakes and walked out into the centers of them and we do the deed and then we leave and by over the next 6 months it's like it's not just rain i think it's something's being done to change a frequency that prevents primary water from coming out of the earth and, and, you know, through its normal process, like with the mountains, I think the mountains are essentially uh, pyramids that carry this water. And it's interesting to me, the number of towers and these gigantic arrays that they put on top of these mountains. And then all of a sudden people are complaining about the flow of these rivers and where'd all the water go. And it's like, the water is being basically manipulated to where it can't go through the natural process of coming to the surface. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, we've, we've done some work uh, in, in New Mexico just before moving here that um, we went around the enchanted circle specifically to gift along these, these, the river and these different ponds. It's like five towns up in the mountains, you go in a big circle and it took a very long time, but we, we gifted the Enchanted Circle and most of Taos, New Mexico. And this was in 2018. It was October 2018. And all of a sudden, it's like this water's flowing and I'm getting emails from a ski resort who followed me on Instagram saying like, oh my God, Mitch, like the amount of snow we've been getting and that it, every the air is so clean and everything's so beautiful and the water's flowing and just like, huh, another, another ingredient for that coincidence salad. So- yeah, it's anyway, I'm going to oh, end up ramb rambling too much. Cool. It's growing and growing for sure. So I'm wondering how, like, this is obviously going against the agenda out there. And you're quite public about this. Mm -hmm. So have there been, have you encountered any nefarious? For sure. Activity? Yeah. Um. Okay. So actually this is, this is great that you asked this because I know there's going to be some, there's always somebody out there who's going to be like, now, if, if this really did something, you know, you'd be shut up or whatever it is you want to imply with that. Um, there are different methods. What I've found over the years is that like, so I have a, I have a very, very small following on Instagram. I have busted my hump to try and get the very small amount of followers that I have. And I vet every person and make sure I keep my accounts private and I vet each person. If I can't verify, so anybody watching this, if you want to follow me on Instagram, shoot me a message and say, I'm a human being. So like, I know, um, because if I can't garner enough info about clicking on them and figuring it out, it's like, I, I deny decline. Um, and, uh, so, and what I think that has helped do just in a social media standpoint is it has helped minimize the impact of algorithms. However, I have noticed since the monsoon season took off this year and with my California project and the 
quarter ton of organite that I just gifted to the Alpha Vedic oh, event. Yeah. Can't wait to see what happens in California so, in the next little bit. Yeah. Well, people, I get these messages from people now that uh, when they click on my links on my website and whatever, um, they get warnings about this site. Uh, are you sure you want to visit this, this site that's not I trusted? I couldn't do it on my laptop yesterday. I had to go to a different computer because I had the, this security thing. Yeah. The Brave, I've, I've learned that so in the last few weeks, I've learned that the Brave browser, uh, it recognizes the website as malicious, yes. uh, which I think is interesting. But then also the other day, because we had a really late monsoon, it was like three days ago, I think I posted to Instagram and I just posted a little video and an update saying this isn't normal. This isn't common October rains, but, um, as I hit enter to post it, I got a warning on there. It said, are you sure you want to post this, this post contains uh verbiage or contains words or phrases that have been flagged in previous posts and i thought well now that's interesting i'm like there it's i can see the goal the goal post is moving and i've noticed it's moving faster um most of the pushback i get though i like i would tell people when someone's banned from something that's not always because they're um I like it's if I if I wanted to get you to look over here at somebody, one of the best things I could do is ban them totally. because immediately the first thing you're all going to do is be like, oh, they must be saying something. It's like, no, what they do to me is they shadow ban and they don't even just shadow ban now where like I post stuff and it just doesn't show up to people, yeah. but that they like Norton security antivirus and McAfee now, I mean, they'll be like, basically like, are you sure you want to visit this website? Or like this, this website is known for whatever. It's like completely making vast. I have some kind of a vast or something on mine. Uh -huh. That's do the same thing. It won't. Yeah. Be and what I've, what I have noticed is um, if you, it only happens to people who, who have never visited my website before. And I think it's because it does reckon, because I never have the problem and anyone I know um, who's ever been remotely close to my website has not had that problem. But I think it's going to, I, I do think a large part of this realm, it, more of this realm than we would want to admit is controlled by AI. And I think that the deceptions of AI are far more advanced than what we even technically conceive and because of that like it's it's creative it's thinking there is something thinking i don't think of ai as a robot though i think of it as it's a parasitic frequency that basically lives on through different means and vessels and some of those vessels include the web of connectivity the electrical physical devices or in some cases npcs if they're physical bodies but, I love your, I love your PCs. Uh, <laughs> I got, <laughs> I got some, I got some flack for that. Um, Cause I knew, and I know people don't agree with me and that's fine. That's totally fine. Um, but I had mentioned in the alpha Vedic interview, I, I do believe that um, cause I love human beings. I do not love NPCs because I don't, I think that the NPC stands for no possible chance of ever waking up. And when people get mad at me for that, I'm like, well, now keep in mind, I'm not saying these are hopeless humans. I'm saying these are part of a program or a construct that for whatever reason they are playing out. It is a think of just think of it as a machine. Yeah. That doesn't mean that does not mean you don't value it. It is still a human body. It's like that is not an endorsement to do anything right. to, to that body. It's that move on and away, get away from it because it's part of the same program that is essentially meant to keep you from advancing from, from, 
you know, getting in touch with your own consciousness, it's a deterrent because it's part of the system. That's my personal, uh, my personal belief on that. And it's, yeah. So I just, I, I don't know. I just feel like, uh, making X, making that extra clear because I know people could say, oh, well, there's no such thing as like no hope for everybody. And I'm like, yeah, there, there is hope for every human being on earth. I'm saying that I don't think just because you see a physical person body that it, that it is, was, or ever will be a, a, human being with a human soul or essence or consciousness it could be as robotic as the iphone in your pocket basically and i never so. would have thought that that is true but with these last two and a half years i have <laughs> makes you wonder <laughs> intro- oh i think it's very revealing I, it doesn't matter facts truth it does not matter they've made up their mind they're mm-hmm. playing a role they're background scenery and that's what they're there for and i think part of it is for me just my challenge to just stop even. Yeah. I think our 20, I always think of I think now I, I forever now think of 2021 or really 2020 as like we, when we started out, we were trying to wake up everybody and we were, cause we knew, what was, we all knew what was coming in different methods, but like we had a general picture of it. It's why I preemptively, it's why I moved when I moved and, and started a new life and, and, you know, because we knew something um, but we worked so hard on trying to educate and to use, you know, talk about these types of things to the people that really it wasn't, it's like you're talking to a brick wall. And I think then like 2021 and 2022 now, especially, it's like this lesson, at least for myself, the lesson I have learned is, oh, not only have I moved away, like it's not my responsibility to change people that can't be changed, but it's even a deeper dive that's kind of painful. And it's like, are these people even real? Right. And what, and then I'm like, and, and and I know that might sound mean, but it's just like, I'm just, the reason I'm saying it that way is because I'm like, so much less makes sense than it ever did before. And I thought I had it figured out. I thought they were just dumb people, but I'm like, I, I don't think it works like that. Yeah. So. Um, I don't but it's either. it's a dark it's a dark thing to to address just because yeah I mean like I would encourage anybody actually because I just had this epiphany a month maybe two months ago I decided to go look up every person I ever as many people as I could every person I could find from elementary and high school and from my I, I waited tables and did the whole food servicing in college and so you get to know a lot of people with strong personalities in those types of environments I'm sure people would agree but I tried to find people from these definitive points in my life and it was disheartening because i i couldn't and if i did find anybody if i finally came like it's almost like so many of them just don't exist like i can't find them on planet earth for some reason and the ones that i can if i do finally pinpoint like a facebook post or something with the picture of them they've got their sleeve rolled up and they're saying i'm doing this for you and it's so in your face i'm doing this for you that i'm just like this is like I shared a locker with them. I, we, we carpooled every day. We talked about that. Like we had all these mem- I'm like, what is this life I lived and the people I encountered? And I'm like, there were a lot of person bodies that I don't know how many, like it was a long time in my life. I think other than my f- certain family, not all, but I think it was a long time in my life before I encountered my first human being. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I haven't done that. That's interesting. I'm blessed though. Now that my people 
are still my people right now. My yeah. immediate family, my, you know, my close friends, the people that you can actually have meaningful conversations and not just, you know, small talk with. Yeah. They're all good. So that's, that's been very nice. The mean, yeah. And the meaning of those connections, I will say just on my, so it's not all negative. Um, but the connection of those people, it's like, basically I have one friend now that's my best friend, or I have like a small knit group and we have the best connection yes. and meaning behind our connection. Not this empty. It's like, I'm not the 50 friends or 200 Facebook friends or whatever. So yeah, it's more meaning and purpose. Right. right. For sure. So I wanted to ask something else around what, like all the gifting that you're doing and everything, what do you think this is doing on a consciousness perspective? Because you know, it's working with the AMFs and the radiation and all the chemtrails and all that stuff. But what do you think from a consciousness perspective you're contributing through your work? So I think by turning off or by by removing a negative influence that's slowing that consciousness expansion down, I think um, I'm not saying putting organite around a tower won't just specifically make a person like wake up, like, you know, you'll hit them in the head maybe, but like they won't wake up faster. Um, but I'll use the dream example that when you put this stuff around and you start having more vivid dreams, I mean, very lucid, uh, the dream one is a popular one that I get in email from people who put this in their house for the first time. And I'm thinking, okay, well, we know dream time is very important. It's important to our health. It's important to, you know, whatever realm we're going into. I think there's, you know, I don't pay enough attention to my dreams like I should because I'm sure there are messages and people are traveling and astral travel, that kind of thing. You don't so, sleep enough, Mitch. That's the problem. Well, that too. <laughs> I'm getting I'm getting slightly better now that that big project's out of the way. But yeah, it's um the the vivid dreaming uh, is is very beneficial. So I do know there's something going on with that, but like when you put this stuff around plants and you make them grow faster or you can structure the water, it's like, okay, well then what, we don't know exactly what all this is doing as far as our DNA receptors, but by learning about the organite, where I then learned about the, about pyramids, where I then learned about manifesting extinct plants back into reality by creating these pyramids and basically having a quantum or a uh, etheric uh, transmitting beacon uh, or portal opening up, and the ideas about orgone being multidimensional, then it's like, okay, so I know my sleep cycles improve. I know that my water can structure, and I know that I can speed up the, the growth rate and the life force of my plants. I can reestablish the mag Earth's magnetic fields. I notice that like, I mean, if people want to research some of the early pioneers of organite gifting, like Don Croft, he and his wife, Carol, um, they had talked, they had a, a whole website about it. I've, I've world without parasites, I believe. Um, I might have that wrong. If I do have that wrong, I apologize, but I know they also wrote a book called the life etheric, uh, which is difficult to find. I think there's a PDF floating around, um, cause they both they're deceased now, but they talked about like the improvements of everything in nature after gifting for example gifting water sources and having these aquatic life explosions as far as the, the fish populations what i've noticed around here is that with our gifting i i could just chalk it up to there being more water for animals to have access to drink now 
but the a number of animals that have come down out of the mountains and come back down into civilization over the last couple of years is intense. And to where like when we moved here and, and then again in 2020, really, it's like if you went outside at, a, at three o'clock in the afternoon on a, on a hike, you were lucky if you saw like a lizard. Um, now you're, you're like, if you don't see at least a deer, javelina, coyotes, whatever, family frolicking through whatever. And I mean, just out and about across the street with around everyone's homes and whatever, um, that would be, I would say not the norm. There's a lot more wildlife around. I have seen an increase. Well, last year we had a butterfly boom and a hummingbird boom. That was, oh, wow. um, it was, it was intense to the point people were having there were so many butterflies on the highway and windshields and fill in the blanks. So it's like, it was talked about from that standpoint, because it was like, oh my God, look at how many, I mean, they were everywhere. And as I, you know, I always try to take in whatever observation it is and say, well, how would this apply? Not, oh, this happened because of, but it's like, well, why, why could this have happened? Well, researching things like hummingbirds, butterflies, and bees Bees. Yeah, that's they, what I can ask about as well. Too. They, so they all have migratory patterns based on frequencies. Um, bees especially. Uh, I know bumblebees, they are they literally fly with an EM field they put around themselves in order they levitate, they don't actually fly. But the number of bees around here, especially this last spring, it was so bad we couldn't go out. We have evergreens outside, tons of evergreens. And we couldn't walk through the trees because, it, and you could just, if you opened any window on either side of the house, all you heard in the distance was just perpetually in the neighborhood. And it was, it was pretty rough. I posted something wow. on my social media because we had a bee, there was an issue that be, some beekeepers had to come and actually um, remove some queens and take, they took them to a honey farm and whatnot, but, um, or a, a bee farm, not a honey farm. But uh, <laughs> anyway. So what we what we've seen as far as like the repetitive patterns, people who play with this stuff, they tend to have more bees. And when we get into things like shungite around EMF, or using things like tourmaline, or just simply blocking these EMF, what I call weapons in the first place with things like lead, um, there's increases in bee, bee po uh, populations. And so there, you know, everyone talks about, I'm sure most people watching this have probably cross their mind at some point does five you know 5g have anything to do with the with the bee populations and it's like yeah absolutely so you're doing something to these webs that are helping those populations i don't know if it's just a matter of making the the field energy field coherent so that they i mean i've seen a lot of bees in chaos and i know that sounds kind of odd but like it's like bees that don't know what to do and their migratory patterns are thrown off. And I've heard the same thing with hummingbirds because a lot of them actually they're passing through these next, this next month to month and a half, they'll be passing through town. And, you know, they basically like when you see things fall out of the sky and the news wants to say it's a doomsday prophecy and oh, whatever, or all the fish died. It's like these things are operating on migratory patterns that have to do with frequencies. Mm -hmm. And intuition and instinct and the reason that a baby calf falls out of its mother and knows immediately what to do right away or that you know intuition is a frequency everything is frequency and that frequency comes from the natural flow 
of, of, of life energy in this realm. So put that back in alignment and everything finds its place where you've got the, the family of deer frolicking around and eating berries and drinking from the creek and doing whatever again. And you've got these huge populations of coyotes that are breeding like mad and the javelina and the ducks. And it's like, it's, it's a Disney movie when you exit your house. So it's like, is it just the water? I don't think so. Because in comparing that to other people who've done this over the years, there's always these increases in these animal or aquatic populations. Um, yeah. And in the case of like water too, I will say this one is hard for some people, I think, to hear that it cleans water, but there is something going on with like the earth is naturally cleaning itself. The sky is constantly cleaning itself. The earth, I mean, one of the best things in the world is, is a healthy batch of rain, obviously. But like the earth is essentially a gigantic filter to filter out our crap that we just can't, like, I actually believe we cannot trash this planet fast enough if we try, which is why there are entities out there trying to throw everything they can. Sure. And, and they huddle you into cities and they tell, and then they destroy the city. And then they say that living in these conditions is reflective of the rest of the world, which is not true. Most of the world, in my view, is actually repairing and healing right now. Mm. So what I feel it's bringing is just a whole essence and, and, and resonance of abundance, right? Like abundant water, abundant wildlife, maybe even the energy of abundance, because we know that this world has more than enough. Forever. absolutely there's yeah. no need to go without like i just look at i just like i just i marvel in my garden every year when i plant one seed and like i get these calendula flowers that produce many times more seeds for that one seed that i planted you know like nature doesn't know lack yeah it's going to support that that abundance and replenishment that is just it's our natural state mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, in, in regards to consciousness specifically, a lot of commentary I, I get is from people who talk, they talk about brain fog. Um, uh, you know, I, I think there is a, there is a, there, there, as far as the certain elements they try to pump into our body and then blast with frequencies. Um, I, I have some theories that don't sit well in regards to Alzheimer's, but I, I don't think it's just a case of aluminum poisoning. Um, I believe in the case of autism. I mean, I actually, there are several parents. I'm not a doctor. I will give, give a disclaimer, not a doctor. Don't ever ask me for medical advice and blah, blah, blah to treat or diagnose. And however the mantra goes, <laughs> um, the, basically the FDA sucks, yeah. but, um, <laughs> uh, but there are parents who have uh, talked to me. We've had very lengthy conversations about frequencies and observations they've made with their children based on not only what's been put in their body when they get a, a shot or whatever it is, and, but also where they live and proximity to towers and when these tower, certain towers go up. So there's a, there's a, there's a connection to this stuff. And so the idea of having an influence, having a positive influence on those frequency webs, then in, it's like, we need to start actually analyzing like what potential is there to, cause, cause I, I mean, I'll be point blank. Actually, I've had parents tell me, Mitch, I've done this particular thing with that particular stuff that you told me to particularly get. And I have seen this observation and it was, it's very promising stuff. I am not in any way saying, I don't think Organite will cure autism, but I am saying that 
when we know there's an influence that has something to do, it's, it's like no different than being tapped uh, when you're trying to sleep and not able to get the proper release of melatonin and into your sleep cycles to get that process going. Well, if you put something around that starts influencing that tapping and you make it, you basically are restructuring the signal and making it coherent so that it is actually now in alignment, the energy's moving the way it's supposed to. All of a sudden it's like, oh, I'm, I'm dreaming differently or I'm thinking differently. I don't have that same mind fog that was there before. So, you know, that it's like, it's not just basically what I'm saying is it's not just chemicals, obviously that go in the body, but it's the frequency exerted on whatever has been mapped out. So it's like, okay, if we can get in there and map out a way to change the frequencies that are being exerted, we could sort of divert that process and basically, uh, stop the problem. I mean, you still want to obviously detox and that's very yeah. important. Yeah. Um, you want to get things that, yeah, you want to get, a, get pure as pure as possible. Right. But um, yeah, anyway, there's just, there's so many possibilities with this stuff. And those are things that when people hear me talk about this opinion over here or that opinion over there, um, I would encourage people to check out my blog on my website, there is a blog post. I I, I don't blog every day, um, so it should be easy to find, but it's probably only about a month old or so. And it was from a, an interview I did with a, a group from or a couple from the Collective uh, Resistance podcast. We I basically I went through a laundry list. Uh, that laundry list is every or it's a lot of resources I've encountered over my life and how I got to where I am now. And for myself, I can't always explain everything or I can't give the definitive reason that this is why the operations of this part of reality are what they are. But I can at least say, here is everything why I, this is why I think what I think about this. And this is why I've come to this conclusion as of right now with the information I've acquired. So it's, um, it'll be easy to, I mean, it's like a month old or something, but, um, people will be able to see it. It's my laundry list. And I would encourage them to read that because there's a million sources there that, well, not literally, but there's a lot of sources there that I think people would find equally interesting and it will bridge things I say such as this stuff about, you know, what's going on with autism and what's going on with frequency. So. Interesting. I was just thinking another thing is what we could be called, just walk around with a puck in our pocket and create kind of a moving grid all the time too. you know, put them in the ground. But if everybody just had one on them at all times. Oh, for sure. I, yeah, I would recommend people carry one. And some people are like, oh, it's kind of fat for my pocket. I'm like, yeah, but, um, and, and people love pendants and things like that too. I think, the another general consensus is that uh, for busting towers or taking care of a, a substantial energy grid around you, you want something that's at least like three to four ounces in material. So, like, I don't have I don't have any pendants. Uh, I I quit making them a while ago. I don't have any around me, but um, they're so they're so so small. So I think of I think of pendants as like a supplement basically a supplementary thing, but I would encourage people. Yeah. Keep one in your pocket or in your purse or in your car. Um, because for myself, and I, I learned this moving here when we had a U-Haul filled with, there was more organite than anything else when we moved here <laughs> and, and several chem busters. And so to be, it rained everywhere we went the whole way here, oh, but holy. driving, driving through these storms or driving through, uh, like chemtrail clouds, 
was was intense, especially in really dense EMF places. Driving through Denver uh, and and Colorado Springs along the, uh, the the Denver International Airport, which I think is like the new world order hub, in my opinion. But um, seeing these chemtrails breaking down in the sky because you you have just jolted so crazily, you you've just shaken up that area. So yeah, if everybody was like holding it and had or had it with them. I think about like, yeah, you're just constantly moving in and out of energy fields all day. So it's great to have on you, not just to have in the house. Absolutely. So, cool. yeah. Okay. Well, we've been going a long time. So this is awesome. I love it. This is so much fun. So how can, so the best way to people get a hold of you, the best way for people to support you, any last words you have to say before we go? Yeah, yeah for sure. Um, Sorry. First, first one again. I apologize. Best uh, how pe people learn best way to people get hold yeah. of you or yeah. All right. So the uh the best way to kind of like get started, jump in, or to contact me, um, they can check out my website. That's the it's www.theorgonedonor.com. And that's orgone O-R-G-O-N-E donor d-o-n-o-r so not organ uh some people have messaged me they're like i can't get it and then it's like yeah it's or orgone donor the orgone donor um my my uh philosophy used to be uh be an orgone donor but you know haha uh -huh. <laughs> uh -huh, right uh but um so so definitely check out my website and there is information there uh to contact me um I am struggling a little bit with checking emails right now just because uh, the California event that people can read about, please go read. It's theorgondonor.com backslash California that will take you to a page all about my California project. There, you can, You'll find it. But um, coming down off of that, there has been it, – it, my – my email is a cesspool right now of just an, an abyss of, of messages. So um, people can, can write to me from my comment box down at the bottom of the page, and I will do my best to get back to them in a timely manner. Uh, as far as tutorials, definitely check out that. But if people want to support my work, um, this is a big one because I – I don't want to become the person who points out like, you know, I pay for this, but people are actually quite surprised. Um, yeah. You know, I, I live a modest life and I pay for this and some would say I'm insane for doing it. And I would say, uh-huh. But um, <laughs> if you want to support my work, uh, that would be awesome. And it can be done in the form of going to my shop and uh, you can buy something for yourself because those proceeds, they, I, I use that for, my gifting. That's the only way that I can, can do this because it gets very costly. Um, and then the other thing I, I don't, I don't get enough donations as far as anything, but if anybody felt inclined and wanted to do something like that, um, then re just reach out to me directly and, and, uh, I'd have, be happy to have a conversation and see whatever you want to do. Um, and then also I will say too, again, just because I know with, with you being in Canada and me here in the States, if anyone else, is outside of the U.S. that that is watching this. Um, I really, I, I mean, feel free to reach out. But uh, you know, I really do admire what George is doing at Organize Africa, and because he has a bigger operation, um, he, I, I know that he does some shipping discounts and things like that. And you can sign up for his newsletter. I'm going to be starting a newsletter finally uh, soon myself, but. 
you know, there's basically if you spend enough, it's like there's shipping discounts, things I can't do because I'm small potatoes. Yeah. And so um, I definitely, like I said, I want to help those who are outside of the States. It's getting kind of costly to ship yeah. out of the, out of the U S for some reason out of, but not into as much. Wow. But, um, but yeah, so I'm, I'm open to whatever conversations if people reach out and then what was the third question <laughs> or what did I, did I get uh, And any last words you want to say? Anything oh yeah. Just that we think you think we missed that people need to know. Um, just that, you know, definitely check out the geoengineering and orgone tabs at the top of the page, because you'll, you'll find those that it'll bridge those gaps between the two and help make sense of anything that wasn't clear enough from, from the conversation today. Um, and then, you know, just really like there, remember that there's a solution to things. I'm very much the type that like, I don't want to hear people complain about it because I'm busy doing something about it. <laughs> and so, so I just want to encourage people like, you know, there are a lot of problems in the world and there are few that we have these solutions to. So we need to take the opportunity, especially with the climate, you know, be prepared that the climate hoax, as I call it, is going to be, I mean, we've seen nothing yet. Up, right? Exactly. We, and I think, I really think we have seen nothing yet. And my goal is to do the work I do and essentially pull the rug out, take away the talking points, educate the masses or the most ofs uh, as much as possible so that, you know, it's like people, people need to understand there's more to this reality than what's really going on, on an energetic level. And, you know, yeah, like I said, just save the world. That's, that's really all it. So, well, and that's a great way to end because it's solution-based and that's the thing, because they've got all the resources, they've got all the media, they've got all the, the industry, right. It's all captured, but yeah. this is, it has to happen on a level of frequency, right but and Absolutely. that's where we can match them right they're using it so we can use it too so that exactly. makes exactly so the right? the one thing the one thing they do not want is for us to be in touch with the universe that is for all the disconnect and again the the pro it's like my mantra is pro pro-life i i don't want to live in an artificial or anti-life realm that they're trying to overshadow or, you know, to, to, to build over. And this breaks that down and yeah, it just restores the natural realm in which we're supposed to live. Absolutely. Thank so, you. Thank you. Mitch. Absolutely. Okay, hold on a sec here, but guys, thank you, Mitch. You are a total inspiration guys. Please share this one. This is really important. I feel, cause this was, this is actionable. This is like, we can go and do this right now. Like I'm going to be watching these videos with my son. We're going to be making them and we're going to see what it does. Like you can actually, it's measurable. Like I almost feel like crying right now. Like it's, it's just such a, it's such an important thing that was all within our reach in one way or another, whether you buy it, you make it, you share the information, you, you work with someone to go gift the environment. This is something we can do. So please share this. I hope you enjoyed this. Thanks again, Mitch. This was super, super amazing until the next time guys. Thanks for joining us. Thank you.